So the CDC came out with a new report about suicide for 2022, and it found that almost 50,000 people killed themselves in 2022. That is the highest on record in America as we are as we are increasingly becoming a less and less Christian influenced nation, because I don't think we were ever a truly Christian nation. I think there are individual Christians, but there's not a Christian nation. But nonetheless, we are becoming and this is a post-Christian culture. The foundations of biblical truth and morality are crumbling rapidly and sometimes at a pace that we can't even really understand because a lot of us aren't really online to see the amount of filth that is out on the Internet today. You can only imagine what it, what it is today with all the social media that we have at the moment. But people are, the more advanced we get, the more technologically advanced we get, the more intellectual we get, the more access we have to data and about the known world, the more people are killing themselves. It's an upward trend. The more rich and wealthy and comfortable we get, the less and less we realize and really understand why we're even here, why we exist, why we have all this stuff. When this stuff really has us, you know, and Jesus warned us that a man's life does not consist in the things that he has. It's not about accumulating a lot of stuff. But before I get to some verses of the Bible that discuss this, I wanted to, there was a song that I heard that it's, it's a pretty old song by a pretty famous singer. And I can't remember why I even came across this song. It just, when I first heard it, it just sounded like a tragic song. It's catchy. I understand why it was so famous, but I think part of it wasn't because it was a catchy song, but because it actually spoke to the natural man, somebody who was dead, uh, dead in sin, unregenerate, who wants to live life on their own terms. I see why people glommed on to this song and it makes perfect sense once you look at it through the spiritual lens of oh wow man is dead and wants to do his own thing go his own way and doesn't want to be doesn't want to kneel to anybody and wants to do what he wants to do and that song is my way by frank sinatra so i want to play a little bit of the song and interact with the lyrics here and there and because it really i think it speaks to why people are killing themselves because they're, they want to do life their own way and i know there's a myriad of reasons of why people kill themselves i'm not i'm not going to pretend like i know the exact reason that people are doing it but ultimately speaking when you are living life on your own terms and doing things your own way it's not going to work out well for you now when i say well i'm not saying that you're not going to be rich or you're not going to have a healthy uh, lifestyle or you're not going to have a happy family so to speak, but you're going to come to the end of your life and see that things that these things are empty and don't really bring true lasting fulfillment everlastingly. So especially once if you um, unfortunately, you know, die in, in your sin. But let's dig into the song here and discuss kind of what's going on in uh, Frank, Frank Sinatra's My Way. We will now do the national anthem, but you need not rise. Now, that was kind of a, a cute joke, but I, I was probably halfway joking because, I mean, we live in America. We're so individualistic. I could pull myself up on my own bootstraps. I can do whatever I want to do. Don't tread on me. I bow to nobody. I run my own life. I, uh, you know, it's we the people that we are. We're in charge. We don't have a king. Uh, so uh, he was it was kind of a cute joke, but halfway he was probably being serious. This is the national anthem of America and really of the natural man. Let's get into the actual song here. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend, 
I'll make it clear I'll state my case Of which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full Traveled each and every highway So he says, and now the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. And I don't think obviously he knew exactly what he was talking about. And this was a little closer to his death. Obviously, he's a little older here than he was back in the early uh, 20s and 30s and 40s. I think when he had that mugshot for committing adultery, nonetheless, and he was a pretty rampant philanderer and an adulterer. And we'll talk a little bit about that later as well. But he says, and now the end is near. So I face the final curtain. That's something we're all going to have to face, which is death. We're going to have to real. We all know intuitively that we're going to die. Nobody escapes death. We have all the pills, all the diets, all the surgeries out there, but nobody has ever escaped death and they won't escape death because that's part of the human condition. Sin and death go together. The Bible makes that clear in Romans 5. But he says, my friend, I'll make it clear. I'll state my case of which I'm certain I've lived a life that is full, traveled each and every highway and more, more than this. I did it my way. That's what's most important about the human life. And the natural man says, I want to do what I want to do. I, I want to travel. I want to live, live a full life in my own terms. And you, nobody can tell me what a full life looks like unless a full life is happiness. A full life makes me feel good. Whatever that feel good feeling is, I'm going to pursue that. And that's going to make me happy. And that's my way. Forget what anybody else has to say. Well, let's continue in the song uh, as he really, again, is charting America's and the natural man's nat nat national or universal anthem. Regrets. I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. When he says I've had a few regrets and but too few to mention, I know I'm really parsing this song, but I think it, it's a realistic song. You know, you seen that that meme tattoo of the guy that had the the neck tattoo that said no regrets, and obviously, ironically, he uh, <laughs> it's a regret, regret regrettable tattoo. But when people say I've had too few regrets, or not, I don't, I really don't have any regrets. They're not really not thinking seriously about their life. They're not really thinking seriously about right and wrong, good and evil, and the things that they've done in their own life. They're not really seriously thinking about being held accountable to God and having to face him on judgment day. So when people say, I don't really have that, that many regrets, that's really is a telltale sign that they don't know what's coming after death. And they, one, don't care, or two, are too fearful to think seriously of it, or three, are just deceived into thinking that you've lived this full life and you really have nothing to worry about after you die because you lived a life that was full and you don't have too many regrets. I did what I had to do I saw it through without exemption I planned each charted course each careful step along the byway and the more much more than this I did it my way. He planned each charted course, 
each careful step along the byway, we think we run our own lives. We think we can plan things out. We can we can control things. We're not really under the sovereign rule of a God who has ultimate power and all authority to do with his creation what he wills to do. So again, this is just more of the this self-fulfillment. I'm going to do what I want to do and nobody's going to tell me otherwise. And uh, you know, if, if people get in my way, then I'll run over them to pursue what I want to do it because I want to do it my way and not your way and not, and not anybody else's way because at the end of the day, I want to be happy and that's all that matters. Yes, there were times I guess you knew when I bit off more than I could chew and with it all when there was doubt I ate it up, then spit it out. I grew tall through it all and did it my way. Again, a little bit of humility there. I bit off more than I could chew, but hey, I ate it up, spit it out, stood tall, through it all. I did it my way again. I mean, it's just when you think of it, think about it from a Christian perspective, where you're just thinking this person lived for themselves. And as far as I've read on Frank Sinatra, he lived for himself. He did what he wanted to do, married several times, uh, cheated on his wives many times. Um, so he lived a life of pleasing himself. And he's not any different than all the rest of us. We do things to please ourselves, whether that's sexually, whether it's uh, monetarily, whether it's pridefully greed power influence gossip you know whatever it is that pleases us we do it and hey who cares who gets hurt it's what makes me feel good and if it doesn't make you feel good too bad i'm doing it my way and this is again like i said this is the universal anthem of everybody who's who comes into the world I've loved, and cried. i've had my fill my share of losing but now as tears subside i find it all so amusing to think i did all that and may i say not in a shy way no he says i've loved i've laughed i've cried i've had my fill my share of losing but now as tears subside i find it i find it all so amusing and it's got me to think that man we really don't when we sit down and examine your life when the holy spirit gives you and grants you really the gift of examining who you are in light of god's holiness you start to see yourself in a radically different view you don't see anything funny about the way you've lived you don't see anything amusing about the way you've lived you see yourself as a damned sinner like somebody who deserves eternal justice and at that point you're only hope is to cry out to Christ, to cry out to God and say, Lord, have mercy, be merciful to me, a sinner. I have no other, I have nothing else to look to, but to you for salvation. And people that don't take accounting of their own lives and all that was sin against God and all that was, was uh, rebellion against God. And we're going to see, we'll have nothing to say for ourselves. Well, it won't be amusing. It'll be 
weeping and gnashing of teeth, as Jesus said, and again, a frightening end for people who want to just live their way. For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not. And this progressively continues to get off the rails. For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not. So you don't, if you don't have yourself, you have nothing. Again, it all, all goes back to the self. When you when you deify man and you <laughs> you strip God off of his throne, then you think all you need is yourself. All you need is your own happiness, your own feeling, your own emotional well-being. Anybody that contradicts that, they're coming against you. They're getting in your way and you just trample over them because you want to do things your way. And if you don't have yourself, you have nothing. As if there isn't a God who exists outside of you, who knows you more than you know yourself, who created you to be in relationship with him, to follow him, to serve him, to love him. But no, you've spurned that and you want to do things your own way. And again, this is the deceptive mind, the deceptive heart of the unbeliever who thinks it's all about me, my happiness, my wife, my kids, my girlfriends, my money, my business, whatever it is that brings you that f fulfillment that 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 you are glomming on to give your life some meaning. If anything threatens those things, then you're going to lose it. And because you're holding on to these temporal things that are not meant to fill uh, the, the void in your heart, which is honoring and glorifying God through serving his son, Jesus, Jesus Christ. To say the things he truly feels And not the words of one who kneels The record shows I took the blows And did it with thunderous applause, uh, standing ovation, because again, this is, we all, you'd be alive. You, you say you can't identify with this. We all want to do things our way. We are the arbiters of truth, of righteousness, of holiness, all in ourselves when we are in our natural state, because again, we don't want anybody to reign over us. We don't want anybody telling us what to do, how to live, how to think, because we are the ultimate being in our lives. And to have anybody else to trample on that, they are getting in our way and we want to do things our way. But where does that leave you? Like I said at the beginning of the show, 50, almost 50,000 people killed themselves last year because well, more, more than likely they're doing things their own way, want to do things their own way and got to the end of their life and thought, this is it. I got nothing. I don't want to look like this anymore. I, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to end my life in a tragedy of suicide. I mean, it's a horrible thing. And but now even atheists today are starting to kind of wake up to the reality of is this really where we want to take this society and this post-Christian culture? Um, Carl, Truman, Carl Truman wrote an uh, article recently entitled In Our Chaotic Age, Some Atheists Are Rethinking Secularism. And he goes through and starts to discuss how atheists are starting to question why we are jettisoning Christian morality and what are we going to replace it with once we've done that? And he says in this article, what is emerging about among some erstwhile left-wing intellectuals today is a realization that atheism, while an interesting theoretical position, offers nothing to address the deeper questions of life. 
And he goes on to write, serious questions are being asked by secular people. There are opportunities for discussion and dialogue here that we religious types should not ignore. As Kissin himself concludes, Constantin Kissin is the popular dissident podcast uh, host of the podcast Trigonometry. And he wrote an essay about atheism. And in that essay, he concludes, the reason new atheism has lost its mojo is that it has no answers to the lack of meaning and purpose that our post-Christian societies are suffering from. What will fill that void? Religious people have their answer to the rest of us. And this is why, again, we go to the word of God to find out what God has to say regarding our lives. And in Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom and the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. But as you can continue to read, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So we go along this way. We're doing it my way. We're feeling good. We're having all these quote unquote wins and we're enjoying life the way that we want to live it. And the scriptures are saying it may seem right unto you, but the end of it is death and not just a, a death where you just cease to be conscious and you don't and you're just no longer feeling anything anymore. No, it's the death that leads to eternal judgment in, in hell. Another proverb says the same thing, just two chapters later, Proverbs 16, 25 says, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. <laughs> it says it again, because it's trying to get, get the point across that don't live the way that you want to live. Don't live a life that you think is fulfilling to you, because it doesn't matter whether you think it's fulfilling or not. It's up to, it's up to the creator of life and the, and the, and the creator and the, the one who has the power over death. And that's up to, up to God, whether or not your life is pleasing. It's not, not pleasing to you, but pleasing to him. And Jesus in the New Testament also discussed this issue of meaning and understanding who, why you exist and, and who you are and what, what you're here for by way of uh, letting his disciples know. And those who were following him and wanted to be around him and wanted to serve him, that he was selling these hard things to them. In Mark 8, 34, he said, it says, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So if you want to follow Christ, it's all about denying yourself. It's not about doing things your way and just enjoying life the way you want to enjoy it. If you want ultimate meaning, ultimate fulfillment, it starts with denying yourself and following Christ. And Jesus continues, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So Jesus is saying, why in the world? What profit is there? If you were to gain all the riches, all the wealth, anything you could want, your heart, your natural heart could desire. If you were to gain that, what profit is that if you were to gain all that and lose your soul? Because the only way your soul is saved is coming to Christ, but you're not going to get the whole, the whole world if if you come to Christ and submit to him and submit to his lordship. You're going to disdain the world. You're not going to love the world. You're not going to love the things in the world, as First John tells us not to do as Christians. But also, when it comes to people who do not want anybody to reign over them, Jesus told a parable about this and kind of a frightening parable. We think of Jesus meek and mild, but then you come across some of these parables that he himself stated and it's a little uh, a little frightening he says in luke 19 verse 12 he said therefore a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return and he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them occupy till i come but his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying we will not have this man 
to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, that he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So he divvied out the servants that he left money to. He After he came back, he started, wanted to find out what they did with his money, how they handled it, and things of that nature. But then he ends the parable by saying something extremely frightening and shocking. If you're so used to hearing that Jesus was uh, just saying, telling everybody to love one another, care for one another, and he has no judgment. There is no, there is no hurt feelings. There is no hard sayings that Jesus said. Luke, Luke 19, 27, those people, those same citizens that hated him and said, we will not have this man to reign over us. This is what Jesus says about these people. But those mine enemies, first of all, he calls them their enemies, his, his enemies. And yes, God has enemies. You are an enemy of God if you are not submitted to his son. God loves his son that much that anybody who was against his son, anybody who has not received his son as Lord and Savior, you are an enemy of God. But Jesus continues and says, but those mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither. So bring them here and slay them before me. He didn't say take them away and, and put them in a dungeon or, you know, cut them, you know, and kill them there. He said, no, I want to see them. I want them to see my eyes looking at them as they are perishing in their sin. This is the Jesus that commands our entire life. That's why he says, deny yourself, take up the cross, follow him. It is not about you. Your life is not about you. It's not about doing it your way. You're either, and ultimately, either way, you're going to bow the knee to Christ. I mean, in the song, he says, for what is a man, what has he got? If not for himself, then he has not to say the things he truly feels and not the words of one who kneels. Oh, really? So let's see what God has to say about Men who say, well, I'm not going to bow the knee to Christ. I don't, I, I'm not going to have anybody tell me what to do. I'm going to live my own life the way I want to live it. And we'll find out what happens after, you know, at the end. Well, at the end, it, it tells us what's going to happen. Philippians verse two talks about Jesus humbling himself, even to the point of death on a cross. And he says that uh, in verse nine, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, talking about Jesus and given him a name, which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under un, and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So every knee will bow one day whether they bow here on earth when the Lord regenerates them grants them gifts of gifts of repentance and faith or they die in their sin and at the last day at the last final judgment they bow their knee and say you are Jesus is Lord and then they are ushered into the flames of eternal darkness. So again, it's the life is not, not about living it your way. It's not about doing things your way. You will, you will, you will find the ultimate fulfillment in living for Christ and following him and doing what he says to do. Is it going to be hard? Uh, yes. Is it going to be trying? Yes. And even people in the world, when they go through difficult circumstances and they look back on it, they say, I'm glad I went, I went through that because it toughened me up. It made me stronger. It helped me to see and understand the world differently. So how much more having the perfect God whose son came into the world to save you from sin and then leading you down a path of yes, difficulty, yes, hardship, yes, denying yourself, but ultimately you find eternal reward and fulfillment in loving and serving him. I mean, that's a way better life than doing it your way and ending up in death. Mm -hmm.